Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber, and joining me as my absolutely awesome co-host is Delicious Dwaylon Davis. Hey, everybody. And for those of y'all watching on video, you'll see we have somebody else with us. This is Ravishing Randy Sizemore. Hello, everybody. <coughs> and we you've heard us talk about how we're going to be doing a series called Why We Are Fans, Why We Are Wrestling Fans. And... Randy is going to be our first guest with this, and I'll give my my kind of background with Randy. And when I, I've lived in this area now for about nine years, been out of the Air Force for 10 years, living in this house for nine years, and I met, met Randy at church, and actually Dwaylon is kind of indirectly responsible for this too, because Dwaylon posted to me, actually I made the meme, and then I sent it to Dwaylon, he's like, hey, I'm going to post that, and I was like, hey, cool. <laughs> and the meme was when the New Day... <coughs> We're about to surpass Demolition's record mm-hmm. for tag team longevity. And I made the meme with, uh, was it Picard holding his hand out? He's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. New Day are going to pass up Demolition. Why the hell won't they find somebody to pass up Honky Tonk Man's record? Yes. <laughs> and Dwaylon posted it and tagged me in it. And then Randy came up to me the next Sunday at church. You're a wrestling fan, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and since then, you know, we've uh, become <clears throat> friends. And, and then he said, hey, there's an indie show on whatever Saturday it was. And he said, want to come out there? I said, sure. It was my first NWF show. Okay. okay. All the way in uh, Fairfield when they were still doing it at the, the union. UAW hall. hall. Yep. UAW hall. And, you know, and since I even told him, I was like, yeah, I said, a friend of mine and I, we're actually talking about doing this podcast, you know, together, trying to start creating it. And we finally got it going, you know? So, and it's been, a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah it has. <laughs> and, you know, so, um, and so that's how I got to know Randy, and that, and I figured, you know what, he's perfect for our series, uh, because Randy's a very devoted fan, and he also, uh, I mean, because we all have different backgrounds, and we all have di- different occupations, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's why I was like, you know what, I'm going to invite Randy, because he's going to be great, you know, so, welcome, Randy. Welcome. It's an honor to be here. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure <laughs> whatsoever. Nah. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the nitty gritty of the questions, I do have to go ahead and give our contact and listening info. You've heard it. You could almost do it yourself, Randy. But I'm not going to put that pressure on you. <laughs> but oh, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> if you want to email the show, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram also at Armchair Booking Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Booking Armchair. Find us on TikTok at Armchair Booking. One of these days, we'll, we'll eventually make more videos for that. Right. I, I mean, and I mean, I do mean that sincerely. I do want to. Make, I've been wanting to make videos at the NWF events before they matches start, but unfortunately, they're playing background music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to go tell them, "Hey, turn the music off." Right. But you know, because then they may ask me to not come back. Yeah. But, <laughs> um. Now nah, they may want to do that, but they just look at me like I'm a germ, and they'll say no more interviews. But yeah. yeah, but if you uh, if you were watching this on video, you already know we're on YouTube. That's the only video platform that I know of that we are on. However, audio platforms are on just about any audio platform you can think of. If we're not on there, let one of us know. You know what? Let Randy know, and then Randy will let me know, and I'll let Joyla know, and then we'll all three figure out how to get on that platform. Yep. And uh, if you want to buy a T-shirt, not the one I have on, I'll talk about that shirt here in a second as well. But if you want to buy any of our merch, including T-shirts, phone cases like that, if you can see it on video. And like that, go to tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. And you can also find Dwaylon on his on Twitter at fat underscore daddy 73, the fat daddy, because he is one half of big and fat along with big mama, not the mm-hmm. wrestler, but his wife. She is big mama and they have a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel called big and fat. And you can also find my other podcast, my non-wrestling podcast, the cubicle chat on just about any audio platform as well. And have I forgotten anything, Dwaylon? Uh, no, I think that's everything. Uh, what do you think, Randy? Did I, did I get everything? I believe you got it. All right, cool. So uh, now everybody kind of take a breath. And by the way, I'm, I'm wearing a Wildcat Chris Harris shirt. For those of you, um, you can see that on the video. On audio, I'll just have to tell you about it. I went to an NWS show here in Mount Orb this past weekend. And actually, this is... Um, I've been wanting a shirt, but unfortunately, I'm kind of a big dude. I'm, I'm let's just face it, I'm just fat, and so I need a better 3x shirt. 
and I actually talked to Wackett's wife, Shannon, you know, who is like one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Cause, and, but she sells his merch. And I said, Shannon, do you have a 3X? And she's like, you know what? Let me look. And da, 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 she bought, this is actually a 4X, but it works. Mm-hmm. Wildcat saw me holding a shirt and he said, you got to wear it on your next podcast. And Wildcat hit Chris Harris, tells you to wear his shirt. Hey, you got to wear it. You're going to wear the shirt. Yeah. And Randy, you've actually known Wildcat for a while. Haven't you? Oh, goodness. It dates back all the way to my very first NWF show, which was actually a fundraiser for the high school's baseball team. I think it was maybe my freshman year of high school. So that'd be 1998, 1999, somewhere around there. They ended up doing a couple of fundraisers, uh, like one a couple of seasons in a row. And, uh, he actually gave a little talk to an assembly and spoke about drugs and things like that. It it was kind of neat. At uh, Weston Brown. Yeah. And we had wow. a very young uh, abyss then known as Prince Justice. And uh, to help promote the show, he walked about our lunchroom while we're eating lunch, just kind of slapping his chest and walking around <laughs> being menacing, being the big dude that he was. Right. And yeah. just kind of insulting random people and whatnot and just being a bully uh, it was it was kind of neat and made me really want to see what they were about and, and i was hooked immediately with what they had to offer for sure wow because that was actually going to be one of the questions i'm going to ask you is how long have you been a fan but apparently it's been a few decades it's it's been a little while uh yeah you know, I came in, uh, especially when it came to the the larger national and worldwide product. Uh, you know, I have like early memories of like the early 90s or so, kind of the end of Hulkamania. But really, any steady following of it came really when, when SmackDown came to broadcast television. Right. And, you know, I could assume my UPN viewing position with my rabbit ears and <laughs> and bow tie and like get this fuzzy grainy picture and I couldn't tell if it was Edge or if it was Christian, but I could tell what they were doing. I could make out that much. And uh, you know, I had to suffice on that until a couple year, years later until we got cable. Uh but uh you know, right about that time NWF came in as well. And then shortly thereafter, I got my license and kind of started chasing their shows a little. Yeah, um, that that would definitely make a difference, you know, being able to actually not have to rely on somebody um, like your mom to take you. Um, But give us a little, you know, give our, I keep forgetting, I know you pretty well, but our audience might not. So tell us more about yourself. We'll kind of get. Um, I feel for like for your background, because we, we want to get a background like everybody that's going to come on just to show wrestling fans, they span the gamut. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so go ahead and give us as much as what you want to tell us. Oh, goodness. How does one kind of define their own background? It's kind of, kind of uh, odd to think about. Uh, I guess a lot of people start with what their occupation is. A lot of people kind of identify themselves by what they do. Uh, to a certain extent, uh, I've been an EMT for a number of years, uh, a little over 19 years. Um, you know, I, I tried to not let that be the identifying factor of who I am. Also, uh, a follower of Christ. Um, uh, I was kind of late to that. I didn't start that till I was 20. Uh, that definitely has influenced my views on things. And even even things as to how I might view or or partake in a wrestling event or where I might even choose to go see one. Um, so, uh, you know, so I come from just kind of a regular rural background here in rural Brown County, where I was just kind of raised that people are good to people and and karma is a thing. And uh, so. Uh, that's I don't know if that's kind of a good definition of kind of my background, but you know, it's, well, uh, I will say one of the things about that, as good as what I can think of. Uh, well, one of the things I, I know that you're kind of humble about, uh, but I'm going to brag on you. Randy can play a mean piano. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, he doesn't talk about it, but no, I've heard Randy play. Mm-hmm. No, Randy is a really good piano player. You know, so yeah, don't yeah, don't don't be shy because we actually talked to play Jimmy. Enough. We talked to Jimmy Hart about it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was holding the megaphone. You know, Jimmy Hart handed me the megaphone. You know, but uh, Randy was also, yeah, he was, was there so with cool. me. It was. I mean, it really was. But then we were talking about, you know, that I said, yeah, I said, Randy plays piano. Jimmy, really? And so, and I, I can't do his voice. I don't think I can right. get my voice that high. <laughs> but yeah, that that his high, really high voice. That's not a. That's not false. I mean, that was him. It was kind of surreal to hear it, just like right next to you. I didn't realize that he was as small as he was. Like I, I knew he was a short gentleman, but I always thought that that he looked kind of a little extra short because he was next to very large men. Mm-hmm. And until so we stood next to him, and then I was like, you know, we're large, but not in the way that the wrestlers are. Right. Um, so uh, you know, and he still looked kind of like a, a rather short fellow, but he was one of the friendliest wrestlers I've met in person, as far as anybody who's been on the national and worldwide stage easily. Um, I think Dwaylon's met somebody in person who's even bigger because we were oh, just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I met um, Mabel Vissero, whichever he, you know, Big Daddy V, whatever you want to call him. I was working at a gas station in Hopkinsville, and there was going to be a show at our, the National Guard Armory there. And I turn around to wait on the next customer. Is literally the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. That is the biggest white suit that I've ever seen. He's wearing a solid white suit. And I'm like, you're Mabel. He's like, yep. And we talked for a few minutes and then he got into the biggest Cadillac I'd ever seen and drove off. But it was just TV does not do, did not do him justice. He was just massive. It's like he just blocked out everything. And Randy, so you mentioned meeting Chris Harris and meeting uh, who would later on become Abyss. Can't imagine what it'd be like to be. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, we, we had a little bit of a delay right there. Um, my apologies. Uh, I think my internet connection faltered for a moment. Uh, you know what? It happens to me and Dwayne all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on with it, but it'll, it'll yeah. be fine. And then it'll just start lagging. I don't know why. Um. So you mentioned meeting Chris Harris and Prince Justice Abyss at the school, and you but you'd seen other things. Now, what kept you hooked besides just you were able to meet these guys? What stuck out to me was there were people that had just about any variety of style that you wanted to see of wrestling when I would go to an NWF event. If I wanted to see people that were doing some old school classic chain wrestling, I had that there. You know, if you want to like that old kind of uh, veteran quote, you see people that are around like grab a hold. You know, -hmm. if you want to see somebody that's going to grab a hold or like, you know, work an arm for like five minutes, I could get that there. Somebody's going to work an old school style match like that. If I want to see a hybrid match that's going to combine both, I'm going to find that there. If a feud calls for it and it makes sense and it needs something a little more violent, like something with no disqualification or a street fight or a cage or something like that, then they'll let it build to that. But it always makes sense when they do it. Right. And so you got to see all these different styles and people that were also all, all these different skill levels, you know, people that were kind of early on in the card and, and may be, you know, still training and maybe wrestling under a mask. And, and later you see them come out and familiarly, uh, or familiarity, uh, their shape as a referee, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that looked like, you know, Dr. X earlier, <laughs> You know, or the security guard that later yeah. came out. Yeah. You know, somebody that was training all the way up to people that were getting ready to kind of break through like Wildcat was when I first started watching. You know, he was the guy that was starting to work the top of their card and, and he was about to break away and go to NWA for a while and later on to the WCW power plant and then, uh, later to go to TNA. Um, 
And so I got to see these people. And then after you got to watch them for a few years, then you got to watch these people grow as performers and you almost become invested in them, not just as a performer, but you start to root for them as a human being because you've Mm -hmm. seen their growth. You know, you've seen them go from somebody who had maybe a rough idea or even no idea of who they were as a character or as a wrestler. And they're just going out there with just kind of the basics and just kind of figure it out. And then you see that you see where the light starts to come on for them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get like two, three, four years down the road and here they are really hitting their lick, man. And like, you're enjoying them as a performer. And then like, as a human being who's watched that growth, you're like inwardly really proud of them too. And so you get that secondary draw because now you feel almost even if the even if they don't realize it, you almost feel this interpersonal connection with them because you've got to watch them kind of grow up as a performer and sometimes even as an adult. And it's just really gratifying to see. And and their booking has always been such to me, with with a few exceptions here or there. Uh it, it always seems to make sense to me. Uh I've never really seen like senseless violence if they're going to do something that's hardcore or no DQ, you know, and I like things like that. I like it when, when high spots make sense and, and when matches tell stories and, and they've really put an emphasis on that and being family friendly as well. And, and it just resonates with me really well. So who have been some of your favorite wrestlers? Um, It could be NWF. It could be, WWE, AEW, WCW, any anywhere. I guess that has to be kind of broken down into several pieces because it's so hard, you know, because there are definitely distinct eras. Uh, early on in NWF, if we're talking very late 90s to the first couple years of the 2000s, uh, clearly Wildcat and... Uh, Prince Justice, who was later to become Abyss, were clearly standing out at the top. Um, Prince Justice at that time uh, was actually fairly overweight, and yet he had this motor. Like, he was never blown up, man. It was amazing. He moved like he did when he was the much smaller monster Abyss. (laughs) And, like, he could move like that when he was carrying substantially more weight. And before he had gotten in the condition he was, like, his motor was always there. And his psychology was always there. And so, and he was so good on the mic. Like, like he could he could tell you to, to go to Hades and make you excited for the trip. <laughs> Like he could sell you anything and including next month's seat at that show. Right. And, and so clearly at the beginning it was them later, there was some young upstarts, uh, a gentleman who was local that I'd seen grow up with my brother uh, named Nick rivers. He was kind of a high flyer and he was fun to watch. And then uh, without naming the names of all the members, there was a faction called the young lions that, that had a lot of mileage and a lot of years there. Uh, I was a fan of Brian Stone for a long time. Um, a gentleman named Brian Beach, who wrestled for just about every greater Cincinnati promotion. And uh, and from what I've heard is is sometimes controversial. And that means I, I don't know. But, uh, but regardless, I've always enjoyed his work. Uh, going into to the promotions that we all know, uh, early on in WWF, later WWE, um, Jake Roberts always captured my attention Same. because <laughs> to kind of steal or paraphrase Paul Heyman and be on the mat, he had this ability to just reach through the screen and captivate your attention. He did. Yeah. He, he rarely ever shouted. Yes. Rarely ever shouted. He always talked in this this hushed, deliberate way, 
that drew you in and you had to listen to him because he wasn't shouting at you. He didn't have to shout his message. You needed to listen to his message Mm -hmm. because of how he delivered it. And he did it with such grace and such wonderful inflection that you couldn't help but to be drawn to him. And then, of course, as a child, the snake is always a draw. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. And then you kind of got the the counter to him. You know, I liked Macho Man so much because he mm-hmm. was just this large end of life, over the top personality. And who doesn't like the Macho Man? Uh, oh, you go, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I have that little gray period there that goes until like late nineties, end of kind of end of that attitude era, beginning of ruthless aggression, and. uh I start following people like your uh, your Buff Bagwells, Ray Mysterios, um, some of the uh, Triple H once he started becoming the game, uh, Y2J, uh, especially when he had the beginning of uh, Evolution as a faction together. Mm-hmm. That was really really cool because you know to me coming into wrestling when I did. That was almost like my modern day four horsemen. Right. You know, it had your two seasoned vets and your two younger guys that are kind of getting the rub there. And and they both go on to be huge stars, but they took such a long time telling that story. And and which is I think an art that that gets lost here and there sometimes for long periods, depending on what promotion you're watching. Yeah. Um, but they took a really long time telling that story and, and breaking that apart. And it, you know, it took a couple of years to do that and they got a lot of mileage out of it. And it was so satisfying to watch those people. Um, I was very invested in the feud with uh, the Dudleys and the Hardys and edge and Christian and the varying variants that they had of that, you know, starting from about uh, right around the first TLC match on is when I kind of was really starting to get to where I could see the pay-per-views and stuff. I unfortunately missed their, uh, I think it was, was it New Mercy 2000 ladder match? Yes. Yeah. Um, was that I did the- catch that later, years, years later, or it, or it might've been WrestleMania 2000, but yeah. Yeah. Cause 99, 99 at No Mercy, Edge and Christian and the Hardys had their ladder match. And then they had the Dudleys got pulled in and they had the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania 2000. I may have been thinking my old N64 game, the No Mercy 2000. <laughs> I still got that cartridge. Actually, I can see it from here. It's over on my entertainment system with my old N64 that I got in 1996. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Back in sixth grade, by God. Um, but, uh, so anyway, I missed that ladder match. Uh, didn't see that until kind of well into my adult years. And I can see why that had gotten everybody's attention, but I came into it right around that SummerSlam 2000 or 2001, whichever one they had the first, uh, TLC match. Yeah. And, 2000, uh, yeah. 2000. Yep. Yeah, right and I was, you know, I was just blown away by the concept before the match even came about. Um, I wasn't sure how you could execute something like that in a way that wasn't over the top violent. And I didn't know that if you were as over the top violent as you'd have to be mm-hmm. to execute that match, if frankly, the performers would be able to handle it. Um, and they delivered in spades, you know, when you have me literally on the edge of my couch and jumping up and down and oohing and on in my living room, and there's nobody else to see me. I'm not trying to impress anybody or react right, to anybody. Right. And they got me popping in my living room. <laughs> you know, like, that's hard to ignore. Um, I loved Kurt Angle a lot. I was always impressed with his motor. Um, was, like, never blown up. Always seemed, even though he would uh, appropriately make himself look worn out or tired. Mm -hmm. You could always tell he had about the same amount of power to do anything at the end of any given match that he had in the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that always impressed the crap out of me. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the list goes on currently 
uh, to skip forward so I don't ramble too much. Oh, um, you're fine. Currently, you're fine. currently, I'm I'm still liking the work of Jericho very much, uh, even though he's what, like 51 years old now. I believe. Like that. I yeah, believe so. Because yeah. um, Dwayne and I are both 49, and Jericho is older than we are. Mm-hmm. He he constantly reinvents himself. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not trying to sound like a, a disciple of AEW. Because frankly, I'm just a fan of anything that is good wrestling. Yes, uh, anything yes, that entertains exactly. me. Um, so anybody who is willing to put out a quality product that I consume, that is what I am a fan of. Give me something quality to watch; I will be a fan of it. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Mm-hmm. But uh, but recently, I've, I've consumed a fair amount of AEW, the varying iterations of. Uh, of Jericho's factions, whether it be Jericho, Appreciations, Society, uh, the Pinnacle. Uh, he's always kind of managed to to make a new star out of that. Whether uh, MJF emerged early on, uh, who I just love. I think he goes a bit too far sometimes, uh, but that's the kind of edgy that you watch him for because yeah. you just don't know what that man is going to say. And, and he's going to take it somewhere that you don't expect, even for him every time. And it's a really, it's really a pleasure to watch him. Uh, but I digress. Um, let's see who else. Well, real quick, speaking of MJF, the first time he came uh, with with when AEW came to Cincinnati, and MJF came out there. Of course, he was insulting everything Cincinnati. He was insulting mm-hmm. Brian, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. and 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 his aunt, you know, um, Brian Pillman Senior's, you know, sister, and he was throwing his insults. And we're like, okay, hi, you know. Then he says something about Skyline Chili. And Tawana, my wife, she was just kind of laying there. As soon as he says something about Skyline, she went, "Excuse me, what? What did he just say? <laughs> Do I need to go down there?" As soon there? as he calls up mid, yeah, yeah. man. And you know, so what was your reaction when he started insulting the Skyline? And are you a Skyline or Gold Star person? I got to ask that of everybody who's actually from this area. I actually have a a really weird thing when it comes to my Cincinnati chili. Uh, frankly, if I'm going to order certain items, it's going to be one versus the other. Like if I'm going to order chili cheese fries, I'm always going to go with Gold Star. I can't really explain it, but I like it better. But if I'm going to sit down in a restaurant versus like order to go food with it, it's always going to be Skyline. Uh, I, if I have to say what I'm eating more, I kind of lean Skyline. But it's certainly not mid. That's for sure. <laughs> it is much, much better than mid. Yeah, he did apologize. Though. The last time he came through, he's like, you know what? I had it. And he said, it's actually pretty good. It's not yeah. mid. So, and. You know, Randy, we're we're planning on Dwayland at some point coming up here. You know, yeah, you know. it's on it's on the list of things to do this year. I just got to make it up there. <laughs> and more more than likely, he's going to stay at my house. And if it if it's before Avery gets back, well, he's got his whole bedroom to himself. You know, if it's after she gets back, well, he'll get the couch. Sorry, dude. Right. <laughs> you know, we have it, certainly got to get you to an NWF show. Oh yeah, it is worth every penny every time you go. And a real quick kind of a trivia question for you, Randy. You probably know the answer. You, you mentioned Jake the Snake and you mentioned Randy Savage. And, of course, they had a pretty famous feud where Damien got a hold of Savage's arm. And they didn't the bicep. Let, yeah, did not want to let go. And they were like, okay, that's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to bite him a little bit and then get him off of him. Who was the referee for that? I honestly don't know. You're probably going to tell me it's Roger and I'm going to die. It's Roger. Yep, it's Roger. Yep. Yep. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive uh, me, Roger. <laughs> um, Forgive me, Wildcat Fryson. There you go. And yeah, and and honestly, I haven't gone to verify this. Uh, Dwayne, I think you actually did, didn't you? Or you haven't verified it. But they talked about it on the NWF, their PowerPod podcast. Because they mentioned there was like, yeah, by the way, the referee for that was Roger Ruffin. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. It was right about that time when right before yeah. WrestleMania where yep. Roger was the referee. So 
Um, and Roger, he was a referee for the very first match and the match with Brett and Roddy Piper. But the very first match was Heartbreak Kid and Tito Santana. Yeah. And Joylan, you saw this, and I sent you the screenshot too, Randy, but you never answered. I just became friends with Tito Santana, his real name on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, which means he's accepting everybody as a friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. friend request, he'll, he'll accept it. Um, but anyway, sorry. You sorry. know what Roger was really submitting with at that WrestleMania, though? And that was walking out Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he told us that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it I wouldn't I, be, frankly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Because I mean, Especially I, then. exactly. I mean, I don't yeah. blame him a bit. <laughs> I even joked with them. I said, were you thinking, here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it Sounds like it'd be good background music for like an ED commercial. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I like that. Uh, well, we'll explain off the air to people if they want to know what that stands for. <laughs> we're going to keep it family friendly. Um, you know, but, wow, but if people want to know, just ask us. You know, that's Randy. Uh, he'll tell you. He's an, he's an EMT, so he's he's seen. Hey, you've never you've never told me like people's details, but he's told me about some of the stories, and I'm like, my hat goes off to you because that is a tough, tough job. Mm-hmm. And, and the positives far outweigh the negatives. Well, tell you what, didn't you tell me also you've actually been like the EMT? like the backup EMT at wrestling events. I'm sorry. I missed that. I get um, a little background noise. Uh, I think you've told me that you have actually been like the medical personnel, like on site at wrestling events. I was fortunate to do it for an MMA event and a boxing event. Okay. Um, now there, there have been a couple of occasions where uh, it, it is known that I am an EMT and maybe a wrestler has become injured, and I, I did get pulled aside on an occasion or two uh, to render a little assistance. But you're but, the uh, right, but it, it wasn't that I was there in official capacity. It was kind of the happened to be there one of those moments. Uh, as far as doing it in an official capacity, I've done that for an MMA event and a boxing event. No. Um. And I know, unlike a lot of wrestling fans, you've had, well, I don't know if calling you a super fan would be accurate because you've actually gone through a training camp, like a fantasy camp. Yeah, it was the NWF's first ever fantasy camp. Um, uh, gosh, I was 17 years old, which now seems like a long time ago. Uh, you know, the, not trying to say I'm super old. I'm I'm 38, but uh, you know, still you gotta, over you gotta, half. You got to bump those numbers. Yeah, up. you got to bump those numbers. Up. <laughs> but it's still over half my life ago. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I went to their their first ever fantasy camp. I can I can remember it was from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and uh, and basically it was a crash course on what it was like to do some of their training. So they had us doing some of their their exercises that they're doing out of the ring, like their cardio conditioning and, and calisthenics and things like that. And then they had us doing some of the in-ring basics, like how to how to do back bumps and how to run the ropes appropriately so that they don't throw you to the ground. Right. Um, uh, they were having us uh, go into turnbuckles and, and take hip tosses and and things like that and and just doing some basic holds and and different bumps and then we got to do like a a short match they also had us referee a match it was right around the invasion angle with wcw ecw uh and uh i happened to miss one of the guys putting their foot on the rope uh and counted the three and they accused me of being an alliance referee for that <laughs> but uh it was a lot of fun it gave me a lot of respect for what they do it also uh helped me realize that maybe i'm better off being a fan 
I mean, so I've always thought about, you know, maybe I could be a manager, but like you said, Roger expects the managers to take bumps too. And yeah. I think if I, if I took a bump right now, it would like probably cripple me. Oh yeah. If I took a bump right now, it would just probably just go to just explode into dust. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would watch the ring give a little when they mm-hmm. would land and, and, uh, I expected it to be kind of a shock when you landed on it, but I, I thought with the amount that it looked like it gave, that would it be it would have been a little less jolting than it was. Mm-hmm. And boy, was I surprised! <laughs> uh, especially, I got picked up by this gentleman. He was billed as three hundred and seventy-five pounds. Uh, they have a, a battle royal in his name every year. The man's name is Dozer. And he was just a behemoth of a man. And at the time I was going about 240 pounds and we were taking body slams. Dozer was standing in the middle of the ring. We were lined up along the ropes and then we would go to the turnbuckle. I was number three in line. Number one walks out there. just kind of picks him up. They'd given us uh, some instruction of where to place our hand to help support the rotation and everything and uh, assured us that he was going to support our head so that we didn't land on it. Um, and so first guy goes out there, takes the body slam bump, gets up, rolls out. Second person is this little tiny wife of this wrestler. And, I mean, she was just scared as crap to be there anyway. And she makes it about three steps out from the turnbuckle, and Dozer just lets out this mighty... And she just falls. Doesn't even touch her. She fell because she got startled. Right. And it's my turn. And I I go to walk out there, and I go to put my hand on his thigh... He grabs a hold of me, picks me up like I'm nothing. I'm upside down before I can think about it. He's yelling the whole time. Ah! Slams me down, and all the air in me just left when I hit that mat. And I can remember thinking, where was the give Right <laughs> in that ring? Oh, my goodness. Like, I had to lay there for a moment before I could roll out. I, I couldn't believe it. So to see some of the things they do, it's unbelievable to me. Some of the bumps that they take, or even just some of the routine things that they do. Um, and so I, I, I found myself being much more appreciative of what they're doing uh, because I understand that there's a certain amount of bump callus that comes about. Mm-hmm. But you hear enough about their orthopedic injuries that mount up and their nagging injuries that mount up. And having had that experience, I felt like I, I appreciated that a little more. Now, do you still catch flack? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this because I know what the, what the answer is for me and Dwaylon. Do you still catch flack from people for being a wrestling fan? Oh, yeah. the You know it's fake, don't you? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. yeah. That's the one I hate. Uh, I can't stand yeah. that one. Don't say the F word. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, eh, I wouldn't call it fake. And then that's when they start giving me the side eye. Like, what are you trying to tell me? It's not fake. And I'm like, I prefer to use the term predetermined. Exactly. Yep. Yes, the outcome is known. Maybe they have an outline of the match. Like, an outline of what they want to do. High spots here and there. And, and maybe a rough story, how they want to get there. But I think to call it fake is disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, right. it's, a, it's a misrepresentation of what they're doing out there, the risks they're taking, and frankly, the conditioning that they have to do to do that at a high level. I agree. I find it disrespectful to every man, woman, you know, that regardless of what, whether you're a wrestler, referee, ring announcer, whatever, you know, I find it disrespectful to those people that are putting in all that work, you know, 300 days a year. Who else works that, you know, who else works like that, that physical 300 days a year? How many professional athletes will work with some of the nagging injuries Exactly. These folks work with. I mean, you get you look at football players and you have some of them t- that are out for a month with turf toe. And then you've got, you know, a guy like John Fano who's tearing the peck completely off, you know, off the bone. 
and three months later he's back you know <laughs> right where you got like triple h when he tore his squad and he's like and oh wait i still got this i still oh, got yeah. this spot yeah, on the still, table to take <laughs> yeah we still got this spot so go ahead and then he tears the other quad and finish that match too and it's like i don't know any other professional athletes that are tearing tearing quads and finishing you know finishing the game yeah. no they're getting carried out right then they're getting Kevin Nash on out the on out the, the arena. gentleman in the NWF tear his ACL in the mid match. Mm-hmm. Clearly was torn, was immediately purple all around it, and finished the match on one leg. That's like one time in ECW, Sabu tore his tore his bicep. Oh, you could of, see it. You yeah, yeah. And he, he was just, running the tape around it. Yeah, he stopped long enough to put the athletic tape around it, and then went another fifteen minutes in a barbed wire match. He it was a barbed wire match with Terry Funk, where he tore his bicep know. open. I think I had that on VHS. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of tape trading to get that match. <laughs> yeah, because that was one thing where Jalen definitely had an advantage. You know, something he did that I. I never uh, did was the tape trading mm-hmm. and i think partly because of just i mean i was just all over the place and it yeah. was you know but he Dwayne was in a perfect because you said you were up at um up at U of L, right yeah up, at, yeah up in louisville yeah yep so perfect place to do that and lvw wasn't a thing back then don't you wish it kind of was i wish it was yeah that's how i learned like the stuff about japan was tape trading so uh you know that's when i first saw a lot of the you know the strong style stuff was through tape trading. Uh, and Randy's actually heard some of the people at our church um, kind of mess with me a little bit, including the one person who said, you're a wrestling fan. You have a master's degree. You're, but you're a wrestling fan. Yeah. And it's like, do you know how many wrestlers have master's, master's degrees? Degree? <laughs> right. <laughs> like you. There are a lot of people who have plenty of education doing that for a living. I mean, look at Raven. You look at Raven and you're like, okay. You just look at how he looks and you wouldn't think. I mean, the dude has, a, you know, his IQ is pushing 200. Yeah. yeah. Britt Baker is a practicing dentist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so, Randy, I'm pretty sure you couldn't even try to guess, but how many live events have you been to? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the look on his face uh, said it all. It's like, oh Lord. I can't I, have, I couldn't begin to tell you how many I've been to. I don't want to make that sound like a gross overestimation of how many I've been to. But gosh, with with regular attendance at the independent shows over the years and the occasional WWE show here and there and I'll get curious and visit some of the under, other independent shows here and there as well. Boy, I really don't even want to try to give a number on that. <laughs> I mean, I know I've been traveling to them for 22 and a half years anyway. Oh, wow. So, and that's usually at least one a month. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to local shows and, and granted, I do miss a few here and there, but there might also be the month where I might hit three shows. So, yeah. um, uh, especially when in my single days, you know, before there was wife and kids and right, you know, rent and things like that to pay. Yep. Yep. When you have adult money but not adult responsibilities yet, <laughs> yeah. right, right about that time. Uh, of course, I think you know as far as like level of events. Dwayne's got us beat. He could have only been to this one show, but he's got us beat. Yeah, I, in my entire life, I've only been to four, four wrestling shows. I went to a TNA show in Murray, Kentucky. I've been to two WWE house shows in Cape Girardeau. But then I was in, uh, my wife and I went to SummerSlam in Nashville this past yeah. year. So he wins. <laughs> that had to be it one was, of the best experiences. Yeah, it was amazing. Just the people, the atmosphere, like, and then getting to see, like, Bailey return and, you know, getting to see 
Logan Paul did the frog splash from the top rope through the Isn't you know, he amazing for somebody who is a celebrity stepping into yeah, that realm? Third match in and the guys like just he he is one of the few celebrities that I'm honestly okay with doing this because you can tell he's put in the work and he has that respect for it. When they say Logan Paul after the first match that he did because I didn't know what I was getting with the first match, obviously nobody really did as right. far as fans are concerned. Mm-hmm. But after that first match, it's one of those things where when you hear his name again, you're not letting out that like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, really, it's like, yeah. Why? It's like when Bad Bunny wrestled a few yeah. matches, you could tell he put in the work and had that respect. And whenever they're like, like this past year's Rumble when they announced Bad Bunny, I was like, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like you said, it wasn't like uh, not another celebrity. It was like, right, here's a guy who's you know paying his dues. It's not like Drew Carey entering the Rumble and yeah. then eliminating himself, himself in fear of Kane. Yeah, and then, exactly. and then getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for that exactly. Like, yeah. what kind of crap is that? But you hand me somebody like Bad Bunny. You you hand me somebody. Oh gosh, Logan Paul lost his name there for a second. You hand me somebody like Logan Paul. And and he is putting out performances like he is, like somebody who has been doing it much longer. Yeah, he's than he's what put, he's been doing it. Yeah, he's putting out performances like he's been doing this for ten years, and he's uh, he's three matches in. Yeah, he he's actually putting something that when I hear his name, it brings value to the card for me. It makes me want to see that card more. Yeah, yeah. And not just because of his name, not because he's Logan Paul, not because he's popular with anybody outside of the wrestling realm, but because he's delivered something entertaining to me before. Yep. Uh, So what are your thoughts about today's product compared to how it was when you first started watching? If I'm being completely honest with you. um, That's what we expect. I only take little bites of WWE. I pretty much dropped NXT after the uh, black and gold went away. Uh, it became Same. a little less palatable for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe it, really. It, it reminded it, me too much of when they were doing like the um, WWF, it, like New Generation, when they did, it, like when it was, was it like, like cartoony, not, maybe? Yeah, about 95 yeah. when they were making everything bright and colorful and all this. And it's like you took something that was really good. And for me, remind kind of combined that old school wrestling feel yes. with the current product. Yeah. That's what black and gold was for me. And then you take it and you throw this big splash of color, you know, colorful paint on it, but there was no substance underneath. It was like, it was all bright and lively, but then it's like, as a fan, I was offended almost because yeah. you took something. I liked it because it was in an intimate setting. It mm-hmm. was kind of small. Yeah. The performers, uh, they got to experiment with their characters a little bit. Yeah. It gave it a ton, a little bit of the independent feel to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but with the production values that WWE can deliver. Yeah. Um, and it was a great way to hone them. For the main roster, I, I don't think they capitalized on that as oh, well as they never. could have by any means. Mm-hmm. But but we could criticize things all day. We're not here for what we don't like. We're here for what we do. Right. But uh, but uh, you know, so when when they lost that, I kind of was off put by that a little bit. I've started to dip my toes back into WWE waters a little bit with Triple H and Stephanie kind of running things. Uh, a little nervous with Vince being back. Yeah, me too. Um, like, yeah. Ugh. So primarily, it's been focusing on on AEW recently and and NWF. But yeah, I watch AEW every week. Uh, WWE. I've told Steve I haven't watched a full episode of Raw and SmackDown in years. I just always catch the highlights now. Yeah, I just catch the highlights on YouTube and then watch the, watch the pay per view. Yep. I have some some media sources that I. I kind of brush up on mm-hmm. to make sure ones that aren't just clickbait. Right. Um, I, literally one is this newsletter I've received since I was in high school where everything in it is generally fairly well vetted and it's not a bunch of junk mm-hmm. and I'll keep, 
I'll keep up with WWE that way. So I couldn't tell you much about what's going on with them from firsthand knowledge. And I can't tell you whether I'm really liking it much or not. Right, right. Because they're not making enough noise to get my attention right now. Yeah. Um, AEW has been captivating my attention recently. Yeah. I've really been enjoying MJF as champion. Um, I, uh, even though w- with what some of it is saying, oh gosh, my words left me. Even though he says things that are sometimes controversial, he knows when to dial it back at that right moment where he gets kind of, it's like a super short sticking little jab. And yeah. it comes right back out. You cross that line for just a second and yeah, then dial it like, back just that fast. Yeah, it's like, here's the line and he does this, says what he has to say and then jumps right back over. And like you <laughs> right. said, it's like he's he knows exactly when to pull it back. He's like that toddler that has to do it one more time and <laughs> yeah. then they're done. Yeah, he's, yes. like my, he's like my four-year-old. That and has it's to have the just last cute <laughs> enough to let him get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that. And so... Sometimes my sense of humor goes that way a bit, and and so I enjoy that. Um, I've been enjoying watching the trios combinations that they've been doing yeah. in AEW. Yeah. The trios matches I was concerned about when they came out with the titles for that because I thought you had like Death Triangle and you had Young Bucks with like you know any one of their friends mm-hmm. with them that could have done it, and then I was like, well, who else? But uh, they found ways to make that really interesting uh, doing the best of seven series. thing yeah. is kind of cool as well that they're doing right now. I, I yeah. think that's really interesting. Um, gosh, frankly, one of the things that I've been liking, about, not to sound like a mark for AEW. I'm not. I'm just a mark for entertainment that I like. Um, one of the things I like about them is that not every match has a story. Like, it yeah. doesn't have a storyline going into it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes the matches that don't really need to have a story, sometimes they just put together a good match because it's a good entertaining match to see. Exactly. So, and sometimes that's all I ask for. I don't need, uh, every single match does not need this long, drawn-out story. Sometimes I just want to see two excellent wrestlers have an excellent yeah. match. Right. I like that most of the time on dynamite they the way i call it or the way i say it to uh to steve when i'm talking to him about it is they open with a main event and they close with a main event yes yep because like a lot of the time you'll get here's the intro to the show and then it's like hello everybody this is aw and here's the match ding ding yeah there it is yep like these two people are coming out right now. One of them's already in the ring. The other one's coming out right now. And here we go. And I'll, yeah. And I love that they do that and they get right into the match. They don't start every show with a 20 minute promo. They, I mean, they do their promos, but they'll drop it in the middle of the show. Right. Kind of, and kind of give you that palate cleanser from where, okay, I've seen some great wrestling here. And then we're going to have this promo and kind of calm everything down, so to speak. And then we're going to ramp it back up to get to the main event. And generally speaking, their promos are short. They're concise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yes. give you the information that you need, and then they get out. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. It's not overdone, and that is just really refreshing to me. Yes, I like that they have kind of like I mentioned with an NWF show. They have any style of wrestling I yeah. want to consume. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I want to see Japanese strong style. Well, they have Japanese wrestlers coming in. Yeah. You know, they have people who have experience in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, with people like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Adam Page. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they also bring in the Japanese stars and they can work a strong style match. You know, there'll be people that I've never seen before, but they'll come in and have an amazing match. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I can see technical stuff. I can see strong style. I can see high flying. Uh, or, if, you know, frankly, I'm a fan of Aubrey Edwards, the referee. Oh, me too. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody every like nobody ever buries her. Mm-mm. Nope. And I love that. 
she takes like this authoritative pose yeah. and like everybody will look at her like they hate her, but they, sh- they have fear stricken into their hearts. By yeah. Her. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. They never bury her. And like, there's, there's obviously more than coincidence that she is in every Jericho match. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Of course, it's almost like an unwritten feud between the two of them. I enjoy yeah. watching because they're always going back and forth yeah. uh, at each other. There's one particular quote, I think it was in a stadium stampede where he called him, I'll omit the expletive and, and censor <laughs> it. But said, he just looked at her and said, you're a crappy referee. Just after something where she had yeah. admonished him for something. Um, so... Like, they've even made me a fan of a referee who really, <laughs> if they're doing a good job, is kind of disappearing into the background. Yeah. But at the same time, she does such a good job, you can't help to be kind of drawn into her presence. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. you know, it's not that everything they do hits, because sometimes they let off some real stinkers, like the exploding ring. Yeah. But, uh, but they also address that. They let Moxley yeah. address that on the yeah. very next show. They can't build an exploding ring worth a crap. Well, that's what I was telling Steve about. So, um, I like that. They'll own a mistake. Yeah. They acknowledge other companies exist. Yep. They acknowledge exactly. their people have been there. Yeah. They give me something to be excited about. They give me events that I'm willing to come up off of 50 bucks to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we, they don't, and they don't kill it either. They do, what, four pay-per-views a year? And then four, everything else yep. is television. So it's like they they give it time. They give they give all their important stories time to build and time to grow to get to the pay-per-view, not hot-shotting it for three weeks at a time just to get to the next show. I appreciate the delayed gratification. Yeah. It's worth it. I, by the time they blow off a feud, I want to be dying for them to blow off that feud. Yeah. I want it to be a relief that it's over in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Sometimes yeah. there are some feuds I'm like, I can't wait for this to be over because yeah. I'm seriously thinking about punching myself in the head every time they come yeah, on there's, Yeah, there are some where it's like, okay, I've seen them wrestle 975 times. Cena Orton. Please, yeah, exactly. Please <laughs> yeah. end this and never have them touch again, ever. <laughs> the rest of their career. I want to come away from one of their matches or one of their events feeling much like I do after I've eaten a wonderful steak, like a delicious steak where you just kind of kick back and you're like, satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like uh, that you're ready to just kick back in your easy yeah. chair, maybe take a little food coma, you know, like, you want you want to bask in the afterglow of what just happened? Yeah. You know, like, and they can give me an event like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, I think we're going to, have to, going to have to wrap this up because Randy told us before we start recording, he's got to yeah. get up and go to work here in like, you know, two hours. Uh, so, yeah. pretty close. <laughs> yeah. not, not that far off, but... Uh, sleep I, deprivation is a lifestyle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dwayne, do you have anything else? Uh, no, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Randy. Very nice to meet you. I hope we can do it again. Thank oh. you for the privilege. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And before you go, Randy, I do have to give a shout-out to some other podcasts, like the Dad World Order. I think you actually met those guys as well, haven't you? Yes, Dad I did. World. Yep. Follow them as well. Yep. Dad World Order. Wrestling with the Truth, who actually that's where we got the inspiration to do this series and uh, another great podcast you got to check out. And always, Ted, the Hillbilly Heel. Absolutely. Yep. So, Randy, I don't know if you heard about what happened. Uh, him, his family, they had a house fire. Uh, I did not. Uh, yeah, right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, um, there's a GoFundMe. I, I have shared the GoFundMe on Twitter and facebook uh but they had a goal of like a thousand dollars and they are they're already at five they were they were at five thousand within like a week uh so i don't know if they're still collecting on the gofundme or not but uh but if you've heard ted do billy hill you know he is an absolute just wrestling genius and he's oh, yeah. yeah he is the real pod father his wife yeah. actually had a shirt made that, that said he's the pod father you know <laughs> and he's been a big supporter of our show and so we always try to give him yeah, a shout out yep. as well. Always, every episode, I, I make, gotta make sure I shout shout him out. So yeah, wrestling is a community. You gotta Absolutely. build each other up. Yeah, yep. So, uh, but thank you, Randy, for coming on. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. 
Yep. And we'll have to have you on again. You know that. So, but until we meet again, good night and God bless. God bless.